Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the brand new December 10th message titled, Speak Strong, Live Strong. Good morning, everybody. Glad you're with me this morning. Did you ever stop to realize that you have never really done anything in your life, but first, it was a thought. You never bought a house, but what you first thought. You never bought a car, but what you first thought. You never went out to dinner, but what at first thought. Thoughts are powerful, <clears throat> and thoughts begin the creative process. Thoughts, thoughts are the initial action that begin to move something from the invisible into the visible or to bring something into manifestation that was not into manifestation before. Then you say, generally after you have the thought, then you say, well, I think I'm going to call a realtor. I think I may go car shopping. Or you ask your wife, let's go out to dinner because you thought, let's go out to dinner. And you may ask her, where would you like to go? Now that may take an hour to decide where you're going to go, but you begin to verbalize it. The point is this. Thoughts or words bring thoughts into action. Words are the things that bring focus to the thoughts that you carry. I want to talk about words this morning. I know there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of teaching over the years, especially if you were involved in Word of Faith. There's been a lot of discussion, a lot of teaching about confession and about using your words. I want to look at it this morning in light of what we've been studying and bring this thing, if I can, into focus and to just um, maybe reiterate some things that will help you because I feel like where we're going is manifesting sons and daughters of God living in the kingdom, manifesting the kingdom, that it's extremely important that we begin to develop as the Spirit directs us in how to bring the invisible into the visible, uh, to bring that which we don't see into what we see. So words are important. Thoughts are important. Thoughts start to process, and then words express, words put focus to the thoughts. Now let me start over in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 this morning, then we're going to go to Genesis 1. I want to read just the first three verses of John chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made. Now, how did he do that? It tells us very specifically that everything was made through him. Without him, nothing was made. The word was with God. The word was God. Speaking about Jesus, speaking about Jesus, and boy, I'm tempted to run down a rabbit trail there, but I'm not going to do it because I want to stay focused on what I want to what I want to do this morning. The point is this, nothing was made that was made without him. So how did the Father, through the Son, and the Spirit actually begin this creative process? All right, let's look at the importance of words. Genesis chapter 1, and I, I'm understanding this morning that a lot of you have had uh, some instruction in this, but I think it's been incomplete. And I'll, I, as I get into this, I'm going to show you why it was incomplete and why many of you were frustrated that you confessed and confessed and confessed and stood on the promises and confessed, but nothing really materialized. I think I can help you with that this morning. But let's, let's see how the Father did it. We just read John chapter 1, uh, the first three verses. 
that everything that was made was made by him without him was nothing made. In the beginning was the word, words with God. All right, we settled that. Now let me come over to Genesis chapter 1, and let me just unwind some verses for you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, when, the, when here's what I see out of that. And I, I could be mistaken, maybe you don't agree with me. But when I see the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters, I think there's something going on here that's creative, that's, that's working in the imagination of God. He's beginning to lay out in his mind his plan. And then it says this in verse 3. And I'm just going to cherry pick and skip through verses down through 26 because I want you to see the pattern of of how God began to put this in into play, into manifestation. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 6, then God said, let there be firmaments in the midst of the waters, and it divided the waters, and it divided the waters from the waters. Verse uh Let's go on verse 9. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself in the earth, and it was so. Then verse 14. God said, let there be light. Verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound. In verse 24, then God said, I think, I think you begin to see the importance and the power of, of words and the way that God used words to release. Then finally, we get down to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So that's important phrase right there. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, all those things. Now, what's, what's important, and I'm not going to take time to go into this because I'm emphasizing the words. But what's important here is that nothing really appeared until Genesis chapter 2. Now, here's my contention. In Genesis chapter 1, all the way down from verse 1 down through verse 26, 7, 8, right in there, all those things were, um, were uh, uh, really originating in the mind and the imagination of God. This was what he was thinking. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. But it wasn't until chapter 2, verse 7, that he created man, breathed into man the breath of life. I think what was going on in Genesis chapter 1, there's a pattern here for you and I to take note of, and that is that, that God said. But the, 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 the thought process started back when the Spirit was hovering over, over, the, over the earth. There, there was some thought process going on there. There were some thoughts that were developing in the mind of God as to how he wanted to lay this out. And then from uh, verse 2, 3, on down through verse 26, 7, and 8, he begins to speak it. But he only spoke what he had imagined. Now, nothing, here's my point right here. Here's the point I want to make, very beginning of the teaching this morning. Nothing would have moved from the invisible to the visible without the Father releasing the words that came in his thought process. 
Everything begins with a thought. Words have creative power. Words release. Words release what is in the imagination, what is in the mind. The, when we speak a word out of the abundance of the heart, and man, I've, I've gone over this and over this, but I'm going to go over it again because as we manifest as sons and daughters, I think this is such an important part of our development that we, that we don't go without, that we're able to meet the needs of people as Jesus could. When spoken out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the heart receives the fleshed out picture from the imagination. That's where you paint the picture. That's exactly what God was doing in Genesis chapter 1, all the verses that we read. He was, he was, he was giving words to what he had imagined. He already saw it. And the imagination gets its seed from the mind. For in, in our case, from the mind of Christ. When you know that the mind of Christ has deposited a thought into you, maybe to start a business, uh, to buy a house, to buy a car, to expand, to hire, what, whatever the thought comes when it's from the mind of Christ. And as you stay in communion with him, I've spent a lot of time teaching that it's important that you spend time every day just shutting down, getting silent, reading, meditating, chewing it like a cow does its cud over and over and over again. Those thoughts that come to you, those are thoughts that come from the mind of Christ. You do have the mind of Christ. Don't question that. So when you speak out of the abundance of the heart, which receives a full-blown picture from the imagination, and the imagination gets the picture to paint from the seed or from the thought that comes from the mind of Christ. I want you to notice what the father did here. He made a definite positive statement. Let there be. Let there be. The spoken word brought, first of all, it brought order out of chaos. It brought light into darkness. And it brought form into what had no form. So the word was powerful. Word was creative. And God said, he said, let there be. He didn't say, well, I'm hoping and praying. I'm just believing for maybe one day. No, there was a, a, a specific, directed, spoken word that released what was in his mind. Now, when I talk about creation, I'm, I'm, I'm very careful here because <clears throat> I'm not the creator, right? To create today, to create in our realm, even with, even with the Father, means to bring into visibility that which before we did not see, to, to bring something that was nothing before. The, after Genesis chapter 1, everything was created that was ever going to be created for all time. There was, no more, there was no more creation. God entered that seventh day into rest. He's never come out of that position of rest. Some of the things that God created was visible, and, and, and many things were invisible. And what the invisible... What the purpose of the invisible that was created that we don't see was waiting passageway into the visible depending on what we need and what we put demand on. So God's, God's the creator. Let me, let me say it actually more specifically, more accurately today, I think. God's the manifester. He continues to bring what was created in those seven days, which was everything. Everything that the planet would ever need. Now he's manifesting it into the visible. 
I, I've read, for example, I've read, and I don't know if this is accurate, so don't quote me on it, but I've read where the universe continues to expand at the speed of light. Now, that's mind-blowing to me. I can't even begin to fathom that. But the universe is not stagnant. It continues to, it continues to expand. And the Father, from the beginning, created it to, to the expansion that it would someday, somehow, absolutely enjoy. I mean, doesn't the Scripture says of his kingdom there is no end. And I think that's kind of an insight into there. Now, what he said in... Genesis chapter 1, and you've heard it a gazillion times over your years in the church, he created us in his image and in his likeness. Image means this. It means when something is an image, it's a visual presentation. The likeness is a quality or state of being. The, the visual representation, obviously, is the outward form where the quality or state of being is the inward work. I think that's, that's a work in progress. That's where we're at today. The point is this. He designed us to walk on the earth as a visual representation of the Father with his quality of being. Let me say that again. I'm to walk the earth as a visual representation of the Father with his quality of being. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus came as the prototype. He came as the firstborn among many brothers. He came to lay down the pattern for us. That might just be what Paul would call coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Jesus was the prototype. Jesus was the absolute perfection of image and likeness, and he walked the planet as a full representation visually and in uh, likeness, inward development. In him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He grew wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. He went through that developmental process. Then there came a time that he looked at us and said, okay, now you've seen how I operate. Now I'm going to pass the baton to you. Do you feel that sense this morning that he's passing the baton to you? I want you, I want you to I want you to get vision, man. I want you to get some, some real perception in your life that He's designed us to be a whole lot more than what most of us have been walking in. Can I show you where he passed it to us? John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I'm, I'll probably give you several references on this because it's extremely important. And I think that, that Jesus, um, Jesus is pretty specific about this. John chapter 20. And let, let me pick it up with verse 21. I want to read verses 21, 22, 23. And here's the idea that everything that Jesus manifested, the image and the likeness of, of the Father to perfection. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do what I see the Father do. I only speak what I hear the Father speak. That puts you on, on the path of beginning to move the invisible to the visible. That it's the pattern the Father laid down in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. Someday I'll take the time to walk through Genesis 2 with you, but you can see... Uh, you know, he, he talks about there was no rain, there was no plants, uh, none of that stuff was going on. And yet at Genesis 1, he created all that stuff. He created it in his mind, in his imagination. Then he spoke it. That whole time the Spirit was hovering, Genesis 1-1 was hovering over. It was building imagination. It was building the thought process. Then the Father said, and it materialized in Genesis chapter 2. Now, that's the way Jesus functions, the way he operated. And in his 20th chapter of John, 
he said to them again, peace to you. Now here he's, here he's, here he's um, sending us. As the Father sent me, I also send you. Now to most of us, that's mind-blowing. We never considered the fact that the, that the Father had in mind that when he sent Jesus, he would just be the first. He'd be the firstborn among many brothers. And the brothers that were to follow were to walk in what Jesus gave to us. And when he had said this, verse 22, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Does that sound vaguely familiar to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when God breathed into man the breath of life? He breathed into man his very essence, everything that he was. So now we find in this 22nd verse, Jesus repeating the process, giving them everything that he was through the Holy Spirit. He said the Spirit would come. It's needful. I go waste to your advantage because when I go, I will send the Spirit of truth that will lead you into all truth. So now here he's initiating it. Now I'm going to say something right here. This might not be in some of your theology. But I have to believe when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit, they received it. And I know a lot of you were taught that the Holy Spirit did not come until the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And there, that, that, there's some great truth in that. But I got to believe that the Holy Spirit was introduced to these 12 and they did receive it. Now, these 12 were in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. That's absolutely true. But they already had received the Spirit. He said, receive, present tense, the Holy Spirit. Now he says something in verse 23 that I bet you've never done. It's a manifestation of what he's now passed to you. He said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Have you ever forgiven anybody's sins? Probably not because we'd say, man, that's, that sounds kind of braggadocious. That's kind of, that's kind of above my pay grade. No, Jesus said, if you forgive people their sins, pronounce forgiveness, they will be forgiven. And if you don't, their sins will remain. That, that doesn't mean, oh boy, how do I stop this? That doesn't mean that they're going to they're gonna live, um, you know, headed for hell. What that really means is they're not going to have that sense of, of connection with the Father. See, also, all sin is is um, harmatia, missing the mark. It's the thing we carry mentally of feeling separated from God. So the, the message of reconciliation that we were given is to let people know there is no separation. You have not missed the mark. But if you don't convey that to people, they're going to continue feeling that they have. My only point in reading those scriptures was, to, was for you to see that what the Father had given to Jesus, Jesus now passes to us and says, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Are you still tracking with me? All right, let's back up just a step. Consider this. If the Father created everything that you see, Hebrews says, everything you see out of what you don't see, Everything the, father's, everything the Father created, he brought from an unseen dimension to a seen dimension. Then we've got Jesus comes and walks on the earth and fully represents that doing what observers called, because they didn't know what to call it, they called it miracles. What Jesus was doing was taking from that which the Father created in Genesis chapter 1, which was the totality of substance, material, that the human race would ever need. What Jesus was doing when he fed 5,000 or 20,000 with five loaves and two fish, 
He was bringing more fish and bread from the unseen. It was there. When, when, when Jesus healed the blind, he was bringing the ability to see from the unseen into the seen. He wasn't creating it. It wasn't a miracle. We call it a miracle because we never tagged in and even considered the possibility that at some point in time, the manifesting sons and daughters were going to walk in that same dimension. Now, if you see that the father operated that way, if Jesus, the prototype son, the firstborn among many brothers, operated the same way, then it's not, it shouldn't be a big stretch to see that's our heritage, to see that's our identity also. See, this is, this is a plug-in, man, to what the kingdom's about. Not many people teaching kingdom on the level I'm teaching you this. They all say, well, we need to manifest the kingdom. We need to walk in the kingdom. But nobody brings it right down to boots on the ground. I'm telling you, this is how the kingdom begins to function within your life and my life, through the manifestation of the sons and daughters who understand that the way Jesus thought, imagined, developed in his heart, and spoke. That's the pattern the Father followed, and they've, they've funneled that down into us. Let me, let me take it a step further. John chapter 17. Here's what Jesus prayed. John chapter 17. This is good stuff today, man. John chapter 17, and let me just read verses 18 and 22. Again, I'm just going to um, impress on you that Jesus, what Jesus had, he gave to us. So we should be functioning on the level that he is. I'm not saying you're Jesus, not saying you're the Christ. I'm saying that everything that we have and we can function is, is because of the grace that he has imparted to us that enables us and empowers us to bring the invisible to the visible, the unseen to the seen. Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 17, verse 18. He said, Father, as you send me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Isn't that, we just, we just read that same thing just a minute ago over, over in John chapter 20 where Jesus told them, look, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Now watch in verse, watch in verse um, 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Now, let's pick up on a couple things here. Jesus said, first of all, the mission that I had, I'm giving to you. Then he says, the glory that has been given to me, I'm giving to you. And he says, as the Father has loved me, he also loves you. So think about this. Jesus is giving us everything that is possible for for uh, to be imputed or imparted to us. He's given us his mission, his glory, and the love that the Father had for Jesus, he says, is your love also. Now, thank God he did the heavy lifting. He's the one that broke, broke through the veil. He's the one that has made it possible. He has granted, and I want you to hear me very clearly, he has granted us everything that we need in life. We're just now beginning on the fringes to begin to understand that we can acquire it. It's not bawling and squalling, pleading and begging God and getting down on your face and groveling before him, trying to get some crumbs off the table. That's not the way my daddy functions. My daddy functions by pattern. He laid the pattern down in Genesis 1. Jesus came to show what, us what it looks like, and now he says it's our turn to pick up the ball and run. 
He's done heavy lifting. It, it being the invisible gives us opportunity to, to be like our older brother, and that is to bring into visibility that which was invisible and to be a chip off the old block, right? That's, that's, that's what we're at. We're not, we're not the block. We're not dad, but we're a chip off the old block whose image and likeness, outward appearance, inner development, the father calls that sons and daughters. He stamped that on you, and he calls you son. He calls you daughter. Never, never embarrassed, never ashamed to call you son or daughter. So in, in doing that, in calling us son, in calling us daughter, showing Jesus as a pattern, Jesus pattern, passes a pattern to us, he's giving us the authority. Greek words, exousia. The last, the last chapter of Matthew, the last couple of verses, Jesus said, all authority, exousia, has been given unto me. Therefore, you go. Again, he's taking what he has and he's giving it to us. I want that to be a realization today. You've heard the scripture a gazillion times. It's been a popular scripture uh, from 1 John 4, 17, as he is, so are we in this world. But I'm, pu I'm pulling the veil back a little bit this morning and I'm showing you how, how that's possible, how that functions. I'm, I'm, I'm showing you this morning that he's given us his authority, given us the glory that the Father gave him, the mission, and the law. That's, he's fully equipping us, right? And the, and, the, and the power, dunamis is the Greek word. That's explosion. It's where we get the word dynamite. It's a powerful word. We, we, and, and, and we release that authority, we release that power with words. We've way underestimated the power of words. When you speak word, when you speak a word, out of, out of, out of the fullness of a heart, it releases power. I, I had the visualization this week. It's a little bit like shaking up a can of Coca-Cola. You ever done that when you was a kid? Shake up a can of Coca-Cola and pop that top and pew, that Coke comes, comes busting out of there. That's exactly what, what words do that come out of the abundance of the heart. But if you haven't matured the imagination, the full painted picture in the heart, if you haven't got that into your heart where that you know, that you know, that you know, you're convinced that that's the way it is to be, the words are not going to carry the power. Hang on, I want to say more about that in a couple minutes. See, there's three realms in the universe. There's the spirit, the mental, and the physical. Spirit you can't see. The mental you can't see, but the physical you can. And in, in, our, in our human being, those three are so well blended that it's hard to tell where one ends and the other begins. Sometimes you think that the, the, the physical actions that are visible are really you, but that's not really you. What's really you has been taking place internally, and it's only being manifested in the external. They're blended into one. Uh, um, and everything that you desire in, is in the unseen, it's in the invisible. So now, if you're going to manifest it outwardly, physically, then there has to be an internal process, an internal development. Jesus nailed it down to Mark chapter 11. I want you to see the three working together. In, and Jesus laid it out specifically in Mark chapter 11. And let me, let me read the verses for you. Mark chapter 11 uh, again, very familiar verses. We use these a lot back in the Word of Faith days. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, Norval Hayes, 
that Jerry Savelle, the whole group, he said this, and I want you to see the, the spirit, the mental, and the physical coming together and working together to bring into manifestation that which is not seen but now seen. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, most assuredly, not hopefully, most assuredly, it's like the father said, let there be. It was, it was spoken with boldness and confidence. There was no hesitation there. And Jesus is not giving any hesitation here. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, says to the mountain, takes, a, takes an unseen force and applies it to something that you see, or taking a spoken word and applying it to a circumstance, a situation. That's what the mountain represents, obstacle hardship, difficulty, something that seems insurmountable. Whenever you take a word out of the abundance of the heart and you plant it against that obstacle and you, you speak specifically to it, like, let there be. When Jesus, when Jesus was walking and he was bringing things from the invisible to the visible, he wasn't hemming in a hawn. When he was at the grave of, of Lazarus, he didn't say, well, I'm just believing and I need to get the prayer group together to get Lazarus out of the grave. He just said, Lazarus, come forth. Specific. And he says, and do not doubt in your heart. That's, I've been driving on this now for how many weeks? That until it is in the abundance of your heart, don't speak. And while it's in your heart, it matures. And that's where you know that you know that you know. There comes a definite time in your life. And I ran you through, I've, ran you, I've passed by five or six um, examples in my life how this, I've utilized this. And I'm not giving you a formula or steps. Father may tweak it, change it around for you a little bit. But the point is this. He's empowering us now as manifesting sons and daughters to begin to do what Jesus did, which is make visible that which was invisible. And that's how the kingdom expands and manifests and becomes evident to the culture that we live in. If you can't produce the goods, brother, you don't have a whole lot to say. If you're competing, if you're competing with the world on their dimension, you don't have a whole lot, you don't have a whole lot to bring to the table. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe out of that abundance of the heart, that what he says will be done. He will have what he says. That's an absolute for sure promise. Therefore, or the conclusion of it, verse 24, whatsoever things that when you pray, what you're praying is, is the thought planted by the mind of Christ. And if it's not a mind of Christ thought, it's just something you pulled out of space somewhere. Forget it. When you spend time alone with the Father, the thoughts that you get are going to come from the mind of Christ. When you pray, believe out of the heart that you receive, that you got it then. It's no longer hope, it's faith. You got the substance, you got the evidence, even though it's not visible. It's as real as the red car and the white shirt. You got it by faith. You will have them and he puts no limitation on it when you live from the tree of responding tree of life I, I i've got come to where i call it the tree of responding because that's how you eat from the tree of life you just respond to the thought that he gives to you your own the only thing you're going to desire when you eat from that tree is the mind of christ that brings it into your consciousness 
I'm working on one right now. I'm not, I'm not ready to divulge it yet, but it's still, it's still, it's in my heart right now. It's maturing. It's crockpotting. And I think probably this is the, the middle of December. I think within another month, I'm going to begin to speak it. When I speak it, you're going to know it because what's cooking in there is, go, is going to shake. It's going to shake things up. It's, it, it, there's, something coming, there's something coming into visibility that never was. And it started with a thought that I had. And I developed that in my imagination. Now it's cooking. And when I speak it, it's going to happen. I guarantee you, it will happen. So when you, when you desire what comes to you from the mind of Christ, and then you, that brings it into your consciousness. Now this is, this is very important right here. When that happens, when you got the thought that is the mind of Christ, and that thing is, you're painting the picture in your imagination. You're, you're, you're asking, how will I feel when this thing manifests? Man, how, the, what, what exhilaration is there going to be? How big is that smile going to be on my face when this, when this materializes? When that happens, take your thoughts off the visible and move your focus to what is invisible. Because you want what is invisible to become more real in your realization than that which you see. See, what you see is temporary. We don't look at the things that are seen. We look at the things that are not seen because the things that are seen are temporary. That's why you live like this, man. You're moved by circumstances. Stock market's up, you're happy. You got a good job, you get a raise, you're happy. But when something negative happens, you're not because you're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When the Father puts a thought into your mind, you're painting the picture in your imagination, you're letting it crockpot in your heart till you know that you know that you know. Stop looking at the problem. Stop looking at the, at the, at the, at the shortage, at the situation. Get your thoughts focused on what the spirit of truth has brought to your consciousness. That which has been dropped into your spirit, that's where you want to focus, my friend. It's during that time that he is working both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And all he's asking you to do is rest. He's just asking you to lean back and rest in this and let him do the work. We begin like God began with the thought, the imagination, and he spoke, let there be. Let there be. God chose his words carefully. He didn't just pull any words out of the heavens. He spoke carefully and in full agreement with what he was imagining. And in Genesis 2, it materialized. Now here's an important scripture that reveals and shows us how the Father's imagination works. I'm going to give you three quick scriptures here that I, I, I want you to see exactly how the, how the Father's imagination works. Let me get over here to uh, Isaiah chapter 46. Chapter 46. Because when you're working in your imagination, this is, this is also the way that you want to function. Isaiah chapter 46. I'm just going to read one verse. Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 10. It says this, speaking about God, he declares the end from the beginning. Now, in your imagination, that's what you want to do. You want to see it fully finished, fully completed, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. 
So what does the father do? In his imagination, he sees it fully finished. His emotion, his perception is that it's done. It's a done work. And when it comes out of your heart, I want you to feel the same way before you ever speak a word. Before you ever speak a word. In Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 10, it says this, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus before time began. Again, before your feet ever hit the planet, in the, in the thought, the imagination, the heart, the word of God, he formed you just exactly like he wanted you, right? He, he, you, he made you unique. He made you one of a kind. He made you a p- real piece of work. And he did that in his imagination and before you ever materialized. Then we read over in, what is it, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says that every person that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. So before you ever came, every person that he foreknew, he predestined. He gave you an assignment, a pre-wiring, before your feet ever hit the planet. He foreknew you and designed you intricately and perfectly. He calls things that be not as though they were. And so when that thing comes out of your heart, what you want to do is you call it as though it exactly were because you see it done. You see it finished. He sees into the invisible and he speaks it as it is, as it is to be. Now, one huge mistake, and this is why I want to get a little bit into this word of faith thing, because I think we made a huge mistake. And I was in word of faith for a lot of years. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagan, you know, all the, all the boys, Hayes and Savelle. I followed them all, man, read every book they wrote. And I learned a lot from it. I'm not dis- discouraging those days. I think it was a, it was a development for that time. But where the word of faith failed is this. As soon as we saw something, as soon as we got a thought, we immediately began to confess it. We used to call that standing on the promises. And, and, and what we basically felt was, if you can jerk something out of here that, that promises to you what you want, then confess it. Stand on it. And we, we, didn't, we didn't come through at least what the Father has shown me. Is, is how the Father functioned and how Jesus functioned, bringing the invisible into the visible, that which you cannot see, into what you can see, that it comes from the thought from the mind of Christ before you ever begin to speak it, before confession ever comes in. So what we were doing in Word of Faith, we were birthing babies before they, were, before they reached the full gestation period. It's in your heart that they reach the gestation. This is where it develops. This is where it matures. And I, I'm going over all of this, and I've, I've laid some groundwork, and I've hit it. I did a little three-part series called um, uh, the, formula, or the Recipe for Co-Creating. Go back and listen to that. But now I want to just keep taking it farther. I want to keep reinforcing it because this is the season that all of creation is standing on tiptoe expectation, looking for the manifestation of the sons of God. This is the time the kingdom is appearing. Not in platitude, not in theory, but in practicality. And and the function of the kingdom is to bring into visibility what you can't see, to bring into appearance what is not not visible. So when, when you start this, you need to ask yourself something. And I think Jesus asked himself 
every time because if he said, I only do what I see the Father do, then he had to know that every thought before he fed the multitudes, healed the sick, everything in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, is how Jesus, how Jesus manifested the kingdom. Every, all those, there's six, seven, eight things right there. He had to know those were the thoughts of the Father. So is, I guess the, what I want to say is this. Before you ever start speaking, stop that. I, I get messages from people. Well, that's not working for me. I've done this since, you know, since the glacier moved off Texas. And it's not, it just doesn't function. I, something's wrong. I guess I don't have faith. Maybe there's sin model. We'll go through all that stuff. No, 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 no. Let me slow it down. Is this thought? From the mind of Christ. And the way you enhance the probability of that is spending time with the Father. Meditating on a scripture. Scripture's not in error and infallible. I understand that. But as you as, as you read it, I've read ABC in here. I've read ABC. All of a sudden this 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 the, the spirit of truth quickens XYZ. It's a springboard, it's a help. The fellowship you enjoy as you live in consciousness of the Father's presence makes us hypersensitive to what He's speaking to us. If you don't have, if you don't, if you're not sure this is from the mind of Christ, you're not going to have the confidence. You're not. So once that, once you know that you know that that is from Him, then the question I ask you: Have you fully developed this in your imagination? Have you put flesh on it, arms and legs, visual? Is that you? You, you feel like the father said, "You know what? It's time you buy a new car." Okay, that's a good thought. What kind of car do you want? What color? What what equipment? How much can you afford to pay? What's the father say that you that you need to do? How will I feel, man? When I'm in that new car, that I love that new car smell. Mmm. How will I feel when I'm driving that car down the street? See. It is, it is, it'll either be brought to you or you'll be led to it. But you want that imagination to totally build it. And there's a, there's a reason for that. It builds expectation. It builds expectation, man. You can feel it. You can smell it. You got a hold of it. And then when you move that into your heart, you just put it down in there and say, I don't know how this is going to materialize. Uh, quantum would say, I don't know how the quiff is going to pop. I don't know how the Father's going to arrange things and make it all happen. I, I'm not sure about all that. But you let that crock pot in your heart. You just, you just sit on it. Rest in it. Don't get all uptight. Don't get nervous. And there will come a day. I can tell you there was a day that I knew that my heart was healed. There was a day that I knew that when we were going to move from the city out here into the country. I knew, th I knew that I knew that the house was there. I, didn't, I hadn't seen it. Except in my imagination, I had totally drawn it right down to the number of bedrooms, the, the theater that I wanted, the swimming pool. Now, he threw some extra stuff in there like a full home generator. I hadn't even counted on And he put it all within my budget. That's what I visualized. Right? I let that cook. And it took, listen, it took over a year. It took over a year. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. Now, as we, as we develop in it, I'm confident that as we develop in it, we're going to become more like Jesus, where things go, you know, pop, they quick. It's going to happen quick. Uh, but we're just, we're, we're babies in this. We're just learning, we're learning how to function in the kingdom, how, what, the, what people need in the kingdom. 
Luke 4, 18, 19, Jesus, when he went out, he knew people needed those things. Then, once I, I hit that point, and this, this to me is so vitally important. I got to know that I know that I know. It's, it's done deal. It's finished. I got a hold of it. Then I got the substance. I got the evidence of faith. Even though I can't see, I got it, man. It's mine. But until I have that assurance, I'm not going to speak it. See, I need to speak and choose my words accurately to express what is in abundance in my heart. And the abundance of the heart is going to come out of how well I'm able to imagine and make that specific. And I can't imagine something that does not have the seed form from the mind of Christ. And once that happens, man, I don't let go of it. I don't let go of it. I knew my heart was good. I knew, I knew the house was there. The little old man's toy, the Corvette, I knew, I, I, I saw it. I saw the black convertible. I saw the low mileage, the nasal spray I've gone through. And what I'm working on right now, I can't tell you, but when I tell you, it's coming through the same way. See, then it's moved from hope, future, into faith, now. Faith is always now. I got the substance. I got the evidence of what maybe right now at this instant, I don't see it's invisible, but I'm telling you it's as real as real can be. And I'm placing my, my hands on it, even though it hasn't materialized. Now, let me just, let me take a little bit of the negative side of this. Are you ready? The moment you move your consciousness, the moment you move your focused attention, from what you know that you know that you know, and all of a sudden you begin to look at, this isn't working, it's never worked for me. I, it's not happening. I still got the need, I still got the problem, I still got the shortage. It's not manifesting, it's not happening. As soon as you do that, you just moved off faith. You just moved off eating from the tree of life. You've just walked away from that thought that the spirit that the mind of Christ gave you and you've moved back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I see this happening so many times. They start it down, they got it going, but all of a sudden something arises and it discourages them and they, they flip the switch and they go back. They retreat. You beat a path from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to the tree of life. You listen to old Keith Lee over there as he's explaining and teaching all these things, but all of a sudden it don't look like it's working. So you head back over to where your five senses have told you the reality is. That is not your reality. Your reality, we don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, that, my friend, is your reality. So the words that you speak, and I'm going to start winding this down. The words that you speak out of the abundance of the heart those, those things begin to shape. They begin to hammer. And like I say, he'll either lead it to you or bring it to you. It's going to begin to clothe that desire with visibility. Now, let me stop right here. Two things very important. Two things very, very important. Here's what I've learned from experience. When this process is going on, you're firing the words into that, into that unseen realm. Don't Number one, don't tell people what you're doing. Nothing breaks our focus. Nothing discourages us. Nothing moves us from the tree of life, from the mind of Christ, the thought, the imagination, the heart. The pro Nothing moves us from that like somebody 
who hasn't heard what you've heard. They've not drawn it in the imagination like you've drawn it. And they begin to fill the atmosphere. You tell them, man, I, I tell you what, I'm, I, I see this house, I've got it, it's going to be mine. And they're going to say, mm, what if? What if you don't get financed? What if it doesn't show up? What, 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 or how come? How come it's not? How come? Tell me how come. Oh, that can't work. Are you kidding me? That's impossible. Or that's not reasonable. You need to be more reasonable than that. See, when you, when you tap into that, you, it's hard to hold the focus. Don't tell people what you're doing. There's plenty of time to tell them. I didn't tell people when I was going through the, this process that I've, I've, I keep laying out for you because I want you to get it. I didn't tell people process I was going through with my heart. I just I wanted to wait until it was there. And when the doctor said, my gosh, look at these, oh, look at these veins, arteries, you've grown around the blockage. Your heart's getting the full supply of blood that it needs. Then I told people. I told the church. Told, told my kids. I didn't tell anybody. I kept it working I, because I didn't need the distraction. Right? Second thing is this. Continue to speak. Continue to speak. Continue to speak. And don't diminish what's in your heart or what you've imagined. Paul said this. He said, in due season, you will see the visible manifestation if you don't faint. The mind of Christ did not give you the thought, did not develop it in your imagination, did not allow it to grow to maturity in your heart so that you could speak powerful, creative words out your mouth to create a failure or a misfire. That's not the way the Father works. The Father's working the fullness of all this within you. Amen? All right, I'm just about 50 minutes into this, so that's enough for this week. Continue to work. Continue to think. Meditate. Let the, let the Spirit of Truth crockpot this deep within. I'm telling you, the days are on us. Now, they're not, I'm not saying they're coming. They're on us. This is a day that you can begin to function in the kingdom as Jesus functioned doing the works that Jesus did. He gave us his glory. He gave us his love. He gave us his authority. He gave us his power. He gave us the demonstration. said, this is how, this is how it functions. All it took was just a little bit of understanding from the spirit of truth, a little bit of revelation, and now it's beginning to dawn on us. God bless you guys. Thank you for being with me. We'll, we're going to keep picking this up and running with it. Because the kingdom is now, and the kingdom is within you. And it's starting what, what is within you, what is in that heart. We're going to begin to explode out of us and it's going to become into visible form. Have a good week. Have a Jesus-filled week, a creative week. And know that God loves you and he's always with you. He's never going to walk away from you. He's, never, he's as close as your next breath to you. Amen. God bless. See you Wednesday night. Oh, no, I'm not doing uh, Secret Place this month. We'll pick it back up in January. But anyway, see you next Sunday morning at the Digital Cathedral. God bless. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth. And for that... We're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. 
Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.